0: Once a human rights defender, always a human rights defender. These are the words of Father Fernando Mwangi. Born in Kenya, he has been working with the Afro-Colombian community in Colombia for the last 18 years, in particular in Cali. My name is Henrik Loy, host of the roundtable Religion and SDG 16, Conflicts, Challenges and Opportunities. I talk with Father Fernancio about his work in the community, where he is promoting human rights, and trying to achieve all what is possible to overcome different challenges. We also talk about the important work of Marciana Yerma de Sanchez, an 87-year-old expert in herbs who empowers indigenous spirituality. For those who are not very familiar with Colombia and also the religious composition and context, could you maybe describe that a little bit for us? So which, which religions are, for example, Um, Yeah, very, very present in the Colombian context.
1: Uh, Really, Colombia is considered to be mainly a Catholic nation. We do believe that we have more than 90% of the population that identify themselves uh, as Christians, be it Catholics that are the majority, then we have the other Christian denominations, we have a small fraction of the Hindu community and the Muslim community. And uh, alongside those mainstream religions, we also have religious beliefs among the indigenous communities and also among the blacks. Uh, The black population here accounts to about uh, seven to ten percent of the general population and uh, actually among them we have believers in each and every one of those religions even though they have a spirituality which is very particular to them given their cultural and historical background
0: yeah can you describe a bit more about that In, in, with regard to social development goal number 16, which is about justice, peace, and an inclusive society. So, what are some of the challenges in your context with regard to the role of religion in all of this?
1: Let's say that uh, we are talking of a nation that uh, can only be described as a war-torn country. Colombia has been in conflict for more than 50 years. And before the internal conflict, the black community was already, as I was saying before, coming uh, with a burden uh, based on slavery, racism, discrimination, marginalization. So when the country enters into war, they are the most affected people. And for that reason, we are talking of a community that is submerged into a context full of lack of social justice, structural racism, impunity, corruption, organized crime, drug trafficking, and exploitation of uh, the labor, let's say the man labor among the black communities. And for that reason, the SDG 16 initiatives uh, calls for a lot of work to promote uh, justice among not only among the Colombians, but in a very specific way, going back to the historical injustices that are still affecting this population in particular.
0: Can you describe... Um for those who are new, who, are, who hear her name for the first time, can you describe briefly Marciana Yerma de Sanchez, if I'm correct, uh, who she was and uh, what the importance of her role was with regard to marginalization and exclusion in the Colombian society?
1: Uh, generally, Lerma de Sanchez can be classified as among the people that we do consider in the black Colombian communities as matronas. Matronas, they are these female figures who have constituted themselves as an authority, mainly not recognized by the government, neither by the formal institutions, but really recognized by the communities themselves. These kind of women, as Lerma Marciana Lerma de Sanchez, They dedicate the better part of their life, promoting the community cohesion, defending the territory, defending the cultural practices, and helping the people to overcome main challenges uh, related to all that, that affects the people as well as the territory. And the main work that she has been doing herself is to promote the traditional medicine and kind of therapies that help the people to overcome all kind of crises, not only as a medicinal practice, but also spiritual. Let us remember that among us as Black communities here, we are so much attached to life and to the territory. So the kind of the exercise that de Sanchez does is to link people more to life and to the territory through the natural resources and the cultural wisdom that has been passed on from one generation to another.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, it's very interesting. And uh, can you say something also about the position of uh, Afro-Colombian women also in Colombian society? Uh, because she, she, was a, she
1: was a woman, Did that also play a role, somehow? Certainly, certainly, certainly. Because first of all, let's say, if there is discrimination in Colombia and South America as a whole, and the most affected communities are the blacks, the ones that are at the very bottom line are the black uh, Colombian women, for various reasons. First of all, there is a generalised prejudice about their capabilities to transform the society. The male juvenism has penetrated so deep into the Colombian society that the issue of being a woman is a condition of vulnerability, and more so when it tackles about the black women. Secondly. They have very much limited access to education, dignifying job opportunities, political or economic participation. And for that reason, they almost don't count on the decision making opportunities or policy making. And as a result, we have many, many of the Afro-Colombian women. And when I talk of many, I refer to children, adolescents, youth, adult women that are still considered to be related exclusively to house duties or domestic duties, and most of them working outside their families. Vinculated also to very low profile jobs and even prostitution and uh, entertainment industry because in most of the areas they are still considered to be kind of sexual objects. And for that reason, what uh, women like uh, uh, Marciana uh, has been doing is to try and overcome these challenges, first of all, by conquering power in the family, in the nuclear family secondly through the traditional practices and slowly by slowly that is where as a church as religion we are trying to join hands with them so as to denounce all kind of discrimination towards them and also to visibilize the initiatives that are really slowly but firmly transforming the society
0: to what extent have other women in the Afro-Colombian society been inspired by her work?
1: Uh, to begin with, let's say that uh, such women, they become a model. They become a model, and uh, the kind of uh, the social, cultural organizations that we have had among the black communities, not only here in Cali, but also in Colombia, they still refer to this kind of women as models. Secondly, they are trying to offer an alternative in a suffocated environment whereby the modernity policies uh, and the globalization are trying to absorb any kind of specific process of self-identification So whatever she's doing has been a reference not only to the social leaders, but also to the uh, academic institutions, especially among the children and the youth.
0: Right. Um, So what I hear you say is that there are or were policies in place that could potentially stimulate and, and foster more a more pluralistic and tolerant society, but are not being implemented. And that that women like her um, are kind of a reminder for for these institutions to to pick this up and to implement such such policies. So, can you maybe give a few examples of the type of policies that? Uh, are already in place but are not being implemented at the moment?
1: Uh, Really, thinking on this question, I do believe that uh, however much we may have policies, a Colombian context, I do believe if we were really to implement the national constitution as it is elaborated with very big provisions to assure equality among all the people and to promote especially the most vulnerable. I think the mother of all policies is the national constitution. Then certainly we have the gender equality policy that has been adopted by the national government but little is being done to implement it, as well as the policy against racial gender discrimination. Uh, So to begin with, that is one of the main policies that if they were to be implemented as by the law, that would mean a great change to the whole society. Secondly, a very particular case in Colombian context, if only we were to implement the peace deal that was signed back in 2016, whereby beyond the armed conflict, there were put on table themes that have to do with social equalities. I do believe that is another scenario whereby the implementation of the peace deal would favor not only the black, the indigenous community, but also women, children, and all the people who are under this kind of vulnerable conditions. Uh, mainly speaking, let's say the, the actors that so far seem to be determining about policy making the banking sector has a lot to say, the political class, and also the local and international investors. Unfortunately, there is very little participation of the social organization movements, the ethnic minority communities, the religious sector, women, uh, as to my view, would bring a real change towards bettering, not only the elaboration of the policies, but also make them, making them uh, up more appropriate and community-friendly, and not only to the community, but also to the nature that also has fallen victim of the current policies.
0: Clear. So uh, the banking sector... Uh Is influencing politics Um, the international investment society is also playing a big role in this and they decide whether or not also existing policy is being implemented so so what you suggest is that they should be influenced somehow to support developing a more tolerant society and also safeguarding the position of of religious minorities and women How, how can we do that?
1: I do believe the best way will, uh, first of all, to open up uh, the possibility of involving the rest of the society at the, the designing process, not only the implementation. Secondly, to work directly on the ground among the communities, because as a one can be able to evidence, be it the banking sector, the politicians, or even the local and international investors, I do believe that they are so much detached from the reality. We who are working directly with the communities, sometimes as we look into the policies that are being promoted, sometimes it appears as if they are not meant for all the citizens and they are meant for special kind of citizens. For example, during this pandemic period, promoting education online and all what has to do with access to internet and all that, it doesn't make any sense among the communities in the Pacific region where we hardly have connection to electricity. The same way when we look at the content of the education that is being offered to them, there is no any link with their cultural background, with their history. So we are preparing and we are promoting policies mainly imported from a point of view that is connected to the rest of, of the world, but not necessarily connected to the ground. So I would call for more involving a creation of a working groups in designing the politics before they transformed into policies at the national level. So,
0: so, so, can you can you maybe explain what can you maybe explain what what that means practically? So, how can minorities, for example, in marginalized groups, be at the table?
1: I think uh, first of all, yes, we have to keep promoting the social cultural, uh, popular movements. We have to empower the communities, not necessarily waiting for the main actors to call us to the table, but to create awareness about a democratic environment where the power from the ground can transform uh, the pyramid that we have uh, as, as per and for that reason, I do believe to begin with, we have to keep promoting a uh, socio-cultural movements uh, among the ethnic minority, uh, uh, the, the, uh, those who are working in the agricultural sector, uh, religious communities, having as a focus the common good then we can only be able to dialogue with the general government, with the local government, with these other organizations, but being convinced of the common good that we should promote as a people. The main challenge that we have now in Colombia, those who are trying to take this kind of initiative, they are also facing very severe sanctions that have gone to the extreme of eliminating the social leaders. But unfortunately, as per now in Colombia, the only way to transform will be from the base. And from the base, we involve those who are at the top. And not wait for those who are at the top, that they call upon those who are on the ground to walk into their tables.
0: Thank you very much for your uh, very interesting insights. And good luck also with, uh, with your work.
1: Thank you.